Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ohio State and Notre Dame. Hard to believe it's just 48 hours away at this point. Can't wait for kicking off the uh, biggest game of the season and frankly, one of the biggest games across college football uh, anywhere in the country so far here in 2023. As the Buckeyes get ready for those Notre Dame fighting Irish, let's do a little deep dive on the Irish personnel and get you set for what Ohio State should expect. Where might they have some advantages? Where are uh, the Irish perhaps a little bit vulnerable? Where might the Buckeyes struggle a little bit because they, uh, they're they going to face a team that's really good in a number of different areas? We're going to get into all of that and uh, certainly a little bit more too macro level on this game and, uh, and and its place in college football all across the uh, country here this season. It's all coming up next, live on the Buckeye Breakdown Podcast. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Buckeye Breakdown Podcast. Alongside Anthony Meglin, I'm Brendan Gulick. Cannot wait for Saturday night. It's going to be as much fun as I think uh, Ohio State fans have had uh, all season long, and, and maybe even uh, longer than that. Um, this is a huge game with two super passionate fan bases. And, uh, you know, in this world of college football, maybe we don't always anticipate how much fun non-conference games can be there's a lot going on there's a lot changing in college football but these two fan bases are uh, still very much at the core of the sport um and notre dame hasn't beaten ohio state in almost a century not quite that long but not far uh, not far away from that it was the 1930s the last time notre dame beat the bucks so uh a chance on saturday for both teams to make a huge statement early in the year and Anthony, I, I think you could make a little bit of an argument about who this game helps more if they win. Uh, but the reality is Ohio State would um, certainly allow their fans to take a giant exhale uh, mm-hmm. if the Buckeyes could get through this one clean. And the reality is if Notre Dame wins this game, it's probably their biggest win in a couple decades. Yeah, and it uh, for Notre Dame too, it starts a stretch of like some really um... – tough football here they're they're in a tough part of their schedule they got usc coming to town in a couple weeks they got to go down to duke next week after this um and then you know kind of finishing the year with with some tough games so this is a on notre dame side this is the first step um in a uh in for to, to, to try to make a playoff push same for ohio state you know this is a great first test for both teams um and and i agree with you this is uh the the part that excites me the most is that this is the first time you know in a long, long time that the both teams, I think, in my opinion, are pretty evenly matched. Um, and I think that's for, you know, you think back to the Fiesta Bowl with, you know, Brady Quinn versus A.J. Hawk, like Ohio State totally dominated. And you think back to 
Deshaun Kaiser versus the uh, the the Ohio State Buckeyes when they were rolling. Ezekiel Elliott was on that team. Um, you know, Ohio State just went in there and smoked them. Um, that was out in Arizona as well. And then you think back to even last year, like it was a uh, it was a game that going into it, you were thinking Ohio State was going to roll. Just Ohio State didn't look as clean, but still, you know, got a two score victory. So I think out of all the years, um, this one's the the one that um, you know is the is the closest matchup wise, in my opinion. You know, and, and even the Notre Dame team back in 2012 that that played in the national championship game against Alabama, they got rocked in that national championship game. I, I just think that Notre Dame hasn't had a, a win on their resume that would resonate quite like a win over Ohio State would in a long time. And I even include the, the big victory they had over Clemson a couple years ago on that because Trevor Lawrence didn't play in that game. Um, if, if Trevor Lawrence would have played, that certainly, in my opinion, would have qualified there. But I, you know, Notre Dame has had a lot of really good showings over the years, and they are clearly one of the best teams in college football. But I don't know that I've considered Notre Dame to truly be one of those like absolute bona fide upper level, you know, three or four national championship contending teams They've been the kind of team that's in that next tier that absolutely can knock you off if if you are in that upper echelon. I, I just don't I don't think too many people have put them in the same level as Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. Frankly, just just those three the mm-hmm. last ten years, and and certainly Michigan over the last couple of years. Um, a win for Notre Dame Saturday changes that quite a bit. And I think they are trying like crazy to be ready this week with uh, a super veteran quarterback. And, you know, as we're going to get into here, uh, a roster of pretty talented guys that they think they got a shot to beat the Buckeyes. Absolutely. And truthfully, they haven't deserved to be in that, in that tier. And it really goes back to quarterback play, um, you know, throughout the past couple of years, even last year, you know, you had a team that, uh, that was ready to go, I thought, in my opinion, and just kind of lacked the ability at quarterback. And I think that changes this year. Um, Sam Hartman is kind of everything he's projected to be. I know that he was one of the uh, one of the um, guys that everybody wanted in the transfer portal this year, um, and, and Notre Dame was able to get him. Um, you know, so he definitely changes the game. And what what I think is the most impressive on their side is, you know, for the first time in a long time, he's made their receivers like better. Um, you know, you've had the the lack of talent or I should say the lack of athleticism at Notre Dame, um, you know, just being in that like second or third tier of guys really is uh, exacerbated when you don't have a guy at quarterback uh, to make you, you know, make your teams a little bit better. They have that guy who's really accurate now um, and can really stretch the field. So it just makes everybody on that team uh, a little bit better, um, you know, and I think one of the big things and I think a really great place to start is up front. Um, I think Notre Dame on offense has a very, very good um, offensive line. It starts with with Joe Alt uh, playing at left tackle. Uh, he's six foot eight, three hundred twenty two pounds, uh, son of a former former NFL player. And if all things, if all projections uh, are correct, he's going to be a top five pick um, going into uh, the NFL draft next year. So you know that's something that you know has kind of historically been a Notre Dame you know a pin in Notre Dame's cap is that great offensive line play. Uh, on the other side of him at right tackle, Blake Fisher, 
Um, he's a junior, uh, a six foot six junior, just another big dude. Um, and they're really talking about these two guys being, you know, two of the best bookends um, in really in college football. Um, and then inside, you know, kind of flanked on both sides at right guard, Rocco, Rocco Spindler, um, a six foot four junior. Um, and then at left guard, Pat Coogan, a six foot five junior. And then in the middle, um, really up for one of the best, one of the best centers um, in the country, number 52, Zeke Cornell, six foot three, 306 uh, pound uh, grad graduate, uh, you know, grad senior um, here, a fifth year guy. Um, and really played his career at guard um, up until last year. Moved to center. Um, is going to be, you know, Saturday is going to be his 27th start uh, for Notre Dame, you know, just at a combination of those positions. So I think up front for, for Notre Dame is, is kind of where you get it going. And then, you know, when you when you flip it back to the conversation that we've had um, about Ohio State's defensive line, I think that's going to be a matchup where you got to just continue to watch every time Notre Dame's on the field is how is their offensive line controlling the line of scrimmage? Because when you're got an evenly matched matchup like we do on Saturday, whoever really wins that line of scrimmage is going to have a really nice advantage, um, you know, throughout the game. I get the impression when looking at this game that it's it's not it's probably not going to be a super high scoring game. I don't think either team is like uh, you know looking at hey we need to win like a forty two forty one kind of day. Um, I I don't know that I have you know an insane amount of confidence in either defense to to go out and like pitch a shutout. I. I We'll get into our our score predictions a little bit later here in the week, probably tomorrow. Um, But I I just get the impression that, like, both of these offenses are good enough that maybe more so Ohio State on the chunk play type side, Mm -hmm. but but Notre Dame is plenty capable of, like, methodically moving the ball down the field. Uh, And largely because of what Audrick Estime can do, I I don't know. He's certainly going to be the best running back Ohio State sees until – uh, the Penn State game, obviously Michigan runs the ball extremely well. Um, you could make an argument, Estimate might be the best running back they see all year, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so I, I certainly think he's going to factor into this. But I, I, I don't know that I expect Ohio State's defense to quite handle Notre Dame the way they, they've shown out the last three weeks. And, and I say that because of that offensive line. Notre Dame's offensive line is really, really good. Yeah, and from a schematic standpoint, I agree with you that it's not going to be, at least on Notre Dame's side, I don't think it's going to be a real big shootout day. Um, Notre Dame is more of that pro style. They're pretty methodical. You'll see them in the shotgun. You know, they'll have sets where they have four receivers out there. They're not going to live in that. Um, you know, they, they do have some pretty good tight ends. Um, and if you go back, a really good game to just watch highlights of um, is when they played NC State. Um, and their tight ends had a really great day. Um, they do a good job of, you know, when they get into the eye formation, they'll get under center um, and they'll hand the ball off to estimate, but they'll also do a lot of play action. Um, and it's been really good because Audric estimates had such a great year um, so far. And he's such a great player that it's opened a lot of things up, you know, tight ends, uh, the guys to look out for Mitchell Evans, Holden stays and, and Davis Sherwood, all three of them really can make big plays. And you got to think when I watch, um, you know, when I watch those guys, Holden stays reminds me a lot of Kate Stover, right? Bigger guy, very athletic. Maybe Kate's probably a little bit um, more active in the run game and like getting physical and like putting people in the dirt. Whereas like Holden stays is, is kind of matches that I, when you just watch him run, you think, Oh, Kate runs like that. Um, and when he catches the ball, he can make things happen and, and make big plays. 
Um, so they have that big play ability out of the tight end room. But you're going to see a lot of – this offense is run through the running game. It's It goes as the running backs go. Um, you know, So that could be a huge advantage for Ohio State. And you like that because um, – your one of your best position groups as the Buckeyes is is your linebacking core. You know you got Steel Chambers um, and Tommy Eichenberg in there, and you know they're never going to be misaligned. There's never going to be a play on Saturday where Ohio State's defense isn't lined up correctly and isn't matching Notre Dame correctly because you have two veteran guys um, in the middle there making sure that everyone's you know tied up right on their on their P's and Q's. How about from a wide receiver perspective? You know Sam Hartman's obviously. Um, He's got a ton of experience under his belt, and he's had a really good year. Frankly, I think Sam Hartman's looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the country so far this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I'm willing to to acknowledge Heisman potential quite yet, but through four games for them and three games for for most everybody else the rest of the year, you know he's been one of the best productive offensive players. You know, anywhere, anywhere in the nation. Uh, yeah. Talk to us about the receiving group. Yeah, the, that receiver group, I've said it a couple times this week. Um, I don't think that they're as um, athletic and they're going to match Ohio State's. Like when you see Ohio State's guys, they're in a certain tier. Notre Dame's guys aren't in that tier. However, just like I said a moment ago, Sam Hartman makes them better. Um, so it starts with Jaden Thomas. Um, he's currently leading the Irish, uh, 12 catches for 188 yards. Um, he's a guy, he's a six foot one junior. So a, a, a real big body or a bigger body for them, not a huge body, but a bigger body for them. Um, and then Chris Tyree, um, I mentioned him yesterday or, or earlier in the week. Um, he stands at five foot nine. He actually was a running back the last three years uh, for Notre Dame. Um, so he's made his transition to uh, to a receiver and has done well, had a big catch last week against central Michigan, um, you know, 75 or excuse me, a 65 yarder. Um, there. So he's someone to keep your eye out for. And then Tobias Merriweather, um, he's kind of going to be your, your big player, your, you know, your big body guy. He stands at six foot four um, and he's a sophomore. He's a huge body. Um, so that's going to be like your, your stick mover, right? You know, third and eights, third and tens, you know, they're going to be looking for some of those bigger guys. Um, so I think that, you know, I've talked about how Notre Dame's going to lack um, athleticism on the outside. And I certainly think that the advantage will go to Ohio state. Um, however, I do think those guys can make, you know, make contributions because, you know, of of what Sam Hartman's capable of doing and making them uh, play at a, at a better level, um, maybe than what their skill would allow them to. I think our defensive backs have got to play really well this weekend because I I think it's going to be a legitimate challenge mm-hmm. for Ohio State's defensive line. Um, if the defensive backs can play really, really well, that might give the 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 rushman a little extra time to get home. Uh, I don't know that I expect Ohio State to blitz like crazy, um, and because you're playing a big and really good offensive line, it's gonna be tough to get to Hartman. So mm-hmm. I, I think there's a there's a pretty big emphasis on the secondary to perform at a high level. And and the good news is I think they've had a really good start to the season and, and that they're capable of it. Um, but before we flip to the other side of the ball, I, I guess the question I want to ask, in your opinion, when Notre Dame's offense is at its best, what do you think that looks like? Yeah, I think it's it's they're running the ball and staying they're, – they're using the run game to get ahead on first and second down, okay? So you're thinking Audric Estime is averaging five yards a carry, something along those lines, and that allows them to go then max protection, make sure Sam Hartman doesn't get touched, 
um, and then throw it up to, to some of the guys on the outside. I will say all of these numbers, very similar to Ohio State, very similar to a lot of teams in college football. Like you got to think of the matchups that they've played, right? Week one was Navy or week zero was Navy. Week two, Tennessee State. Week three was NC State. They've been their best matchup. Think of them as Notre Dame's Indiana, if you will. Um, and then last week against Central Michigan. So four opponents who aren't, you know, aren't on that level. Um, but they've looked smooth. So I think when Notre Dame's at their best, um, you know, their their run game's clicking. It's going. They're, every time they hand the ball off, they're getting some good yards. And then they're able to throw off that. If you get Notre Dame backed up and if you get Notre Dame out of their comfort zone, they're having to throw on first and second down to try to get ahead. And that's when, you know, JT and Jack should be pinning their ears back and being like, hey, it's time to go. I will say this, um, you know, I, we've talked up the the offensive line. They did. They they will give up sacks. They're not a they're not a stone wall. Um, NC State was able to get home a couple times. Um, actually, had a strip sack um, in the first quarter against them um, two or last week, two weeks ago. Um, so they're not going to just stonewall them. And one thing too with the Ohio State or excuse me the Notre Dame offense, they haven't put four quarters together yet. So they've had maybe a, a good start to the game, maybe a good first and second quarter, and then taking the third quarter off. Or maybe you've had a slow start to the game, you know, and then and then you know you really kicked it into gear. You think of that NC State game in the second half. So they haven't played a full four quarters yet. Whereas I think Ohio State's trending in that direction where they've started to play a little bit more of a complete game, um, and they'll be able to take advantage of Notre Dame if if Notre Dame comes out sleeping or has a lull in the second or third quarter. You know, Ohio State will be able to take advantage of something like that. Yeah, I, I sure don't think the Buckeyes have played a full four quarter, you know, eye popping uh, performance quite yet either. Although obviously coming off their best win, uh, and I guess the only the only caveat I would say with NC State, I mean, it was such a weird game. They had with a really the long delay. play, and yeah, it just it was kind of was kind of clunky. Mm -hmm. uh, but to your point, you know, they I, neither team has played unbelievable football so far. Mm -hmm. But both have shown glimpses of wow, that was that was really impressive, uh, and obviously have the talent to to showcase themselves as one of the best teams in the country. The reality is, college football, you know, more and more is an offensive minded sport, and so if you don't have a guy a quarterback that can really make some things happen, you probably don't have a chance to win big games like this. And and Sam Hartman has won enough big games in his career. Uh, you know, that Irish fans really believe in what he can do. And, and I think they feel confident that Saturday could be a huge day uh, nice. in South Bend. And the reality is Kyle McCord has had a really good start, in my opinion. Uh, but there's no way you could possibly say that any of the three games, you know, prior to this would measure up to a win over the Irish. I mean, this is clearly test number one, big, big test number one. Mm -hmm. uh, for Kyle McCord. And I think he's ready for it. I think he's going to play really well. Let's get into the Notre Dame defensive uh, you know, personnel. Uh, why don't we start on the defensive line? Obviously, Ohio State's offensive line is going to have its hands full. Yeah, um, I think we starting on the defensive line inside at defensive tackle. Um, they're going to be led by Riley Mills, six foot five, three hundred six pounds, just a rock inside. Um, really tough to move. He's a senior, been around, been around the block a couple times. And then his co his counterpart is uh, is Howard Cross the third six foot two eighty eight. It's a little bit smaller 
um, but he's a, he's a junior on, on the field. He's been around a lot. He's a grad junior. Um, so I don't know. His eligibility is a junior. He's been in college for six years. It's that same conversation we've had. And then a familiar face, Javante Jean-Baptiste, that defensive end, uh, former Buckeye um, there. So you've got to be thinking like, hey, he's, he's probably trying to turn one up a little bit here uh, this weekend. Um, and then he's backed up by Kana Oswando Mansa. I probably messed that one up. But both of those guys, pretty much the same. Six foot three, six foot four, 260, um, and both seniors. So I think that their Notre Dame's defensive front um, is pretty solid, I would say. I don't think it's at the level. I think Ohio State's defense, if you were to compare them apples to apples, they're in a class above Notre Dame. So think of everybody on Ohio State being one tier up uh, from everyone at Notre Dame, in my opinion, um, and especially starting on that defensive line, which – is a very positive thing if you're Ohio State when you're trying to when we've seen what Ohio State wants to be kind of a run maybe a run first and then throw second kind of an offense. Yeah, but whether or not that whether or not Ohio State has a slightly better personnel group on defense than Notre Dame does, this is still far and away Ohio State's best test uh, against a good defense, and I am more concerned about what is Ohio State's offensive line going to do against this group? Because, you know, Josh Simmons is under the magnifying glass for me. He's he's played okay. Um, I just wouldn't call it good. I, I, I don't think I would call it good enough. Um, Donovan Jackson's been fine. Hasn't been great. Carson Hinsman, I think, has played pretty well as a center. Um, Josh Fryer's had probably the best moments of anybody on that line so far at right tackle, but he's, he, he's also had a few boneheaded moments. Uh, and I think Matt Jones has been okay at, at right guard. I just, the, 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 the offensive line, I guess, in the words of Donovan Jackson yesterday, they're just trying to stack days. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the players met with the media last night, Donovan Jackson basically just said they're, they're just trying to one literally one day at a time, one rep at a time, just try to keep on stacking some things and keep getting better. And they, um, and they and they need to because we, we heard what yeah. Coach said after last week. Like you, you could tell last week he was very um, the the urgency was up. You know, you and I have talked about it a couple times, but there was a point of emphasis to get the O line to start playing better because they need to because it will be. And I agree. There's a comment in there saying if the offensive line is not being talked about, that's a good thing. And I totally agree with that. Like if we're talking about the offensive line on Saturday nights or or the next time we talk on Sunday, like that's a problem because that means Notre Dame dominate up front and everything that we've talked about and been seeing like, you know, those things, you know, linger, 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 and maybe, and become a big problem against a really good team. So I couldn't agree more with you that, um, that the offensive line is, is where I'll be focused when Ohio state's on offense. All right. How about the Irish linebackers? Yeah. Yeah. From the linebacking core, this is where I think Notre Dame's going to try to make some stuff happen. We talked earlier in the week about uh, Maris Lufau, like this guy can fly. If he flies around, you'll be able to see him, right? He's going to be the Troy Palomalu guy, um, big hair. They use him in a bunch of different places, right? They'll, they'll put him in that second level that your, your traditional linebacker where they sits, you know, three yards behind the defensive line um, and makes plays from there. 
They'll also walk him up in different places. They'll walk him up on the ends. They'll walk him up on the middle. But he's kind of their their moving piece, um, and he'll uh, he'll kind of be around. You'll see him kind of all over the field there. Um, and then there, Tommy Eichenberg um, is number twenty-seven. J D Bertrand, six foot one, two hundred thirty-three pounder, and he, he's he's also a grad senior too. So um, he uh, he's going to be your veteran guy again. I think he's very similar to Tommy. I think they're a carbon copy of each other. They're not huge hitters. But they're smart as heck. They're in the right spot at every every time, um, every play. They're going to get make sure the entire team's lined up correctly, um, and everyone's in the right spots. And then they're just going to make plays. Um, so I think he's going to be a guy to uh, to look out for. Um, and then they have kind of these uh, these like floater guys. Um, one's going to be Jack Kaiser. He wears number uh, twenty four, um, six foot one, two thirty. Um, he's also a senior. He's been around the block a couple times. And then number twelve, um, Jordan Bocchio. Um, six foot two, 220 pounder. Um, he, uh, he, they, they kind of float around. So they have these like outside linebacker types, um, where they can be on the line of scrimmage and kind of be in coverage too. Um, so, um, yeah, so I think that, uh, you know, the, the second level of Notre Dame's, um, defense is where some stuff's going to happen. Um, and yeah, good question there. J- JD was out last week. Good question in the comments. Um, it's looking like um, he is recovering. It was a concussion. So from what we've seen, what we we know here, it looks like he's trending to play. Um, so, you know, just kind of expect that. And if he doesn't play, his backup is Drake Bowen, um, a freshman. So that's certainly a different, uh, a different story there um, if JD doesn't go um, this week. But all signs are pointing towards um, him going. I know we kind of got into the the secondary a little bit the other day, but um, I don't think we necessarily went over you know personnel in particular. It was more mm-hmm. macro level talk. Um, what uh, what do you think about the secondary? Yeah, starting at corner, Cam Hart. Um, he's he's kind of been your he's kind of been a guy that kind of reminds me of Denzel Burke, right? You haven't really heard from him much, hasn't given up much, um, and he's he's seen a lot of football. Six foot two, two hundred pounder, um, and he's a senior, a six year senior. Um, so he's he's seen some football. He's made some plays for Notre Dame. And then the guy that's been a really a, a very pleasant surprise is number 20, Benjamin Morrison. Um, he's had a couple interceptions. I mean, he was a freshman All-American last year. So he is a sophomore. Um, and he, uh, he he's made he certainly made some plays um, for Notre Dame early on. You would see him um, against in that NC State um, tape. Um, he's, he appears a lot. Um, so these guys uh, you know, on the outside from the corner position, um, I think that, you know, I wasn't early on in the week. I wasn't like too worried about them and I'm still not now. I think Ohio state's team and Ohio state's receivers are so, so good that it won't matter. Uh, but these guys aren't, aren't bums, right? These are some solid players. Um, and they're going to be, um, you know, kind of in the, in the right position, um, at all times. Um, so, yeah, so from on the outside, you know, those are the guys that uh, that 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 you're kind of going to be worried about and, and going to be looking at um, when Ohio State's, um, you know, kind of throwing the ball throughout the air. So, so I'll, I'll ask you the same question about their defense that I did the offense. When that defense is at its best, what does that look like? Yeah, they're able to stop the run and being able to keep the the obvious throwing situations, you know, make them, making sure that they're obvious. I think that where Ohio state's going to have a huge advantage is when they're able to just drop back and let it rip. Um, and that's where I think Ohio state's going to be. If they're winning this game, that's because, you know, they're getting Notre Dame in man-to-man coverage um, because they're able to run the football and Notre Dame's having to account for an extra guy in the run game. Um, you know, because Marvin Harrison, if that's ever the case, 
is going to have a massive, massive day because nobody on this team is going to be able to guard him. Emeka Buka as well. I think those two guys are in a class of their own. And if Ohio State can really, really control the tempo of the game, they can control when those guys are going to be able to take shots. So when Notre Dame's at their best, they're going to be able to stop the run with their front four um, and their front six-ish with the linebacking core and then let the guys in, in the secondary just be secondary guys because big plays are going to happen. I think Ohio State's going to be able to move the ball. Um, and you get really a sense of when you watch Notre Dame's defense play, you get this sense of bend, don't break is kind of their, their attitude. They're going to give up throws. They'll give up yards. But when, you know, push comes to shove and you get into the red area, like they kind of buckle down um, and, and try to force field goals. So that's kind of the sense I get when watching them play. Like, hey, they're okay with giving up yards, but just don't give up seven. Um, so, you know, if Notre Dame's playing good, they're stopping the run and allowing six and five guys in coverage to, to defend against, um, you know, Ohio State's passing attack. Well, it's going to be fun to see how Ohio State tries to break them down because um, it should be a good test. I think the tight ends are going to be really involved in this game. I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching Cade Stover, and I think G. Scott's going to play a role. Um, I don't know what personnel packages Ohio State will roll out there. Um, wonder if we'll see a little bit of what we saw against Indiana in certain situations where they they try to go really big. I don't know that for sure, but I wonder if, if Ohio State uh, may try to employ a little bit of that. If they do, I hope it works because it'll be banging your head on a wall if it doesn't, right? Your, your best players are your wide receivers. So I prefer to see Ohio State spread it out. But I just I, I just have like a sneaking suspicion that Ohio State's going to try to showcase that it is uh, as, as tough and physical as it is flashy on Saturday, if that makes sense. So – um, I'm interested to see how how Cade and G and and if Joe Royer get in the game, same deal. And and Brennan, that goes back to you know how the team and the game was called against Indiana. Like, was that something that they almost use as like not a practice? You never want to say that a game's used as a practice, but like just trying to use a lot of that I formation stuff because are they going to try to employ some of that this week? You just never know. I think if. I agree with you. I think that the tight ends will play a big role, but they got to just use them in the right spots. Um, you know, making sure when you're throwing, you're, you're doing that off of play action to get them in space. And then when you want to throw, you know, we have our four best on the field, whoever that may be. It's Kate, it's Marvin, it's Mecca, it's Julian, um, you know, and, and just making sure that from a personnel perspective, like when the best, when, when you want to play, make sure your best guys are out there to, uh, to do that. Um, you know, I'm excited about it though. Well, certainly Texas's win over Alabama uh, coming into this week, I think, resonates as the best win in the country. Obviously, a big Florida State win at the beginning of the year is is certainly a good one, too. Um, but the winner of this game is going to put themselves right up there. In my opinion, the winner of this game will be a, a, a top five team in the country for sure and maybe top three. Um, you know, well, I, I don't know exactly how the polls are going to shake out this upcoming week, but um, – if Ohio State goes and wins on the road, then everybody around the country is probably going to look at this and go, okay, Ohio State is who they largely have been, uh, and, and they were able to go you know, on the road against a top-10 team in a tough environment with a young quarterback uh, and, and go out and ball out. And if Notre Dame wins this game, then they'll be 5-0, and and it's going to be the biggest win that that program's had, in, in my opinion, in a long time. Uh, and would validate them on the national scene as not just a 
fringe national championship contender, but would put them right in the thick of the college football playoff conversation. Uh, for both teams, a loss, I think, is still overcomable uh, mm -hmm. to get to the playoff. But I also think there's a lot more parity this year at the top than there has been in years past. Uh, and because of that, and still for one more year, having only a four playoff team system, uh, it it could be tough for, for the team that loses this game to get in the national championship picture. But uh, I think both schools have enough left on their schedule that if they ran the table the rest of the way, they could still probably be right there. Um, you sure don't want to lose, though. I'll tell you that. I think that's the biggest thing for both sides is like, hey, you know, you're going into it. Both of them are thinking they can win and knowing they can win. But from a schedule perspective, if they run the table afterwards, um, you know, you'd still think about getting in. But if you lose this one, um, you know, the rest of them are going to be tough. Like if Ohio State loses this one, Notre Dame is like a carbon copy of Michigan. And if Notre Dame loses this one, Ohio State's like a carbon copy of USC, which is coming down the pipe in a couple of weeks. So you like you like, hey, this one, both teams like this is it's time. And I agree. Um, there's. It's it's Thursday. Like this is the last real work day for both teams. Like they're gonna get their last practices in, walk through tomorrow, and then it's game day. You know, Ohio State will travel over there tomorrow. Like it's here. Like this game's been building up for a long time. It's got so much hype to it, um, so much excitement around it. Both teams for the first time in a long time are like, hey, ready to go, and both really really good. So um, yeah, I'm fired up. I'm fired up to get over to South Bend. Um, I'm going over Friday night, so I'm, I'm jacked up for that. And it'll be uh, the environment's just gonna be. It's, it's college football heaven is what it will be. It's going to be electric. Can't wait. Be a lot of fun. And we've got you covered here on the Buckeye Breakdown podcast, along with Buckeyes Now on uh, Fan Nation in uh, the Sports Illustrated Media Group, BuckeyesNow.com for all the latest. We'll see you tomorrow as we give you our, our preview and prediction, give you some keys to the game as well. It should be a lot of fun. And, uh, of course, we've got you covered the whole way. Have a great Thursday. And for Anthony Meglin, I'm Brendan Gulick. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow.